0: I am a completely different person than i was a year ago and Mm -hmm. when i now when i think of myself and look at myself i'm smiling because i'm in a much better position not just financially or health-wise just my overall belief in life and family and spirituality and just it's it kind of came full circle definitely the biggest transformation that i've ever had in my life in this past year
1: helping people build ambitious and satisfying careers, businesses and lives. This is the Influence Ecology podcast. Now here is your host, John Patterson. Good morning, good
2: afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm your host, John Patterson, the co-founder and CEO of Influence Ecology, the leading business education in transactional competence. Broadcasting from Ventura, California, this podcast features case studies, stories, and lessons from business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs who found real solutions, real results, and real satisfaction, not only with work, career, and money, but in every area of life. You'll hear how these ambitious professionals found that those who transact powerfully thrive Jennifer Caldwell is the Chief Development Officer with Food Share of Ventura County and works to feed and nourish the community she has called home for the past 30 years. Under Caldwell's direction, fundraising events have grown to not only raise more revenue for the food bank, but to provide the opportunity to spread the work and mission of food share within the community it serves. While nourishing the community, she took a turn to sustain herself and, during the Fundamentals of Transaction program, lost 41 pounds, expanded her value and influence, and doubled her income. She has also come to cherish the daily maintenance and required to meet ever expanding aims for herself and those she serves. In 2018, Caldwell was appointed as the Ventura Chamber of Commerce Chair of the Young Professionals Group and honored as one of the Pacific Coast Business Times' 40 Under 40 next up-and-coming business leaders. Caldwell is a fourth-generation resident of Ventura County and resides in Camarillo with her husband and her daughter. Here's the interview. Jennifer. Welcome to the Influence Ecology podcast.
0: Thank you, John. Glad to, to be here. here. Thank you.
2: Yeah. If you would introduce yourself.
0: So, my name is Jennifer Caldwell. I am a graduate of FOT 61, and I am the Chief Development Officer of Food Share for Ventura County.
2: And what's that?
0: So, That's we a- are a nonprofit. We are a the food bank of Ventura County, and we feed about 75,000 people food insecure, hungry friends and neighbors each month.
2: My goodness. Yeah. And when did you get involved with that?
0: I've been working here for four years. I actually, just to kind of give you a little progression of my career here, I started as the events manager four years ago, and then two years after that was promoted to the director of marketing. And then just this past December, promoted again to the chief development officer.
2: Congratulations!
0: Yeah. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Well, I, I'm really looking forward to, to talking with you. There's a few things that I know about you, and there's a few things in your notes that I think are great to give away to people. Okay. So, one thing is like everyone, everyone that participates here, they have a journey
0: yeah. you know,
2: that begins with where they were before they ever heard of influence ecology. You know, that includes what they were thinking, what they were doing their own naivete, their own conceit and all of that. They begin our programs, they confront something and then they come out the tail end, hopefully thinner, richer, <laughs> working working less and the yes, like. And hopefully yes. that happens. <laughs> and I know it did for you. So I wanna start with the the end result first, because yeah. that's kind of fun. Like sure. I think you said you've doubled your income and some other stuff. So tell us exactly what's happened in your FOT.
0: Yeah. So let's start with the good, right? Cause that's always the fun place to start. So after graduating FOT, I was offered this promotion. Actually to backtrack even a little bit more, I transacted for a new job with more money. And once I had accepted that job, my then previous now current job said, whoa, 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 no, 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 <laughs> you're not going anywhere. And then they then transacted with me for a pr- large promotion here, which in the end of it doubled my income. And so that was the job piece going through FOT and, and going through all those breakdowns and talking about my conditions of life, health being the biggest one. I have since lost 40 pounds, wow. still on the the track and, and still struggle with it. I mean, obviously of course it's a, it's a journey of a forever journey but have found more ambition in it and knowing that I need to continue doing it to maintain a healthy lifestyle so when i first started fot it was kind of like oh yeah you're going to go through this program you're going to learn how to work less make more money you're going to do all this and i'm just sitting there like really really? Is is that what this program really is about? And end result, obviously, yes. But there was just there's so much more encompassed in it that I think that I know helped definitely get me to where I am today.
2: So first of all, I'm really glad that you're in the job that you're in, because there are plenty of people who need your services. You. And yeah, and I would imagine that you're able to do more and your good and valuable help, obviously by virtue of them wanting to, to keep you, but I'm sure that you're, you're doing a really great job in the world because of it. So congratulations to you. Thank you. One of the things that I love about your notes is that when you started the fundamentals of transaction program, you describe a way that you felt that I don't think is uncommon. And I think it's worth talking about a little bit because you know, you hear about this group of people. And by the way, for those who are listening for the first time, I've heard over the years some people express their concerns about being involved in a program where there's a bunch of ambitious people in it, right? Like you may not measure up. You may find yourself like the idiot amongst yeah. a bunch of amazing people or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that.
0: It was... What and. I had signed up for FOT. I had, you know, signed on the dotted line. I had made my commitment and I had the opportunity, thanks to you in Kirkland, to attend your 2019 annual conference for a day. I came just for a day and I show up and I am amongst, I did not belong. The moment I pulled in, I mean, I was, first of all, I was at a Ritz-Carlton, one place I definitely don't belong, but I walk into the room and I just see these people who I don't even know them and I can just smell the success in the room. I can, you can just tell the vibe is there. And so I'm sitting in the back and somebody gets up to speak and Josh comes over to me, your client manager, and he says, that guy's a multimillionaire. And I said, well, then what is he doing here? He's done it. He's, he's gone and done it. What, why is he here? And it was just the fact that the ecology of influence ecology just breeds so much continued learning and knowledge that he found it that important that no matter his net worth, he still needed to be in that room with those people. So although I felt that I did not belong, I felt that I could, and Mm -hmm. that this course was going to give me the opportunity to join the club. And although terrifying, it was invigorating and exciting to know that I'm about to step into something that this multimillionaire is still continuing to be a part of. Mm. So that was kind of my one breakthrough, not even knowing that I was in a current breakdown. So that was my first like, okay, no, no, no. I made the right decision. I belong here. I do. I just need to work for it.
2: And did you find that you were more like the multimillionaire than you thought?
0: Yeah. He... We we share the same personality. We were absolutely both performers. I could tell the second he got up to the microphone, I'm like, oh, okay, we could be friends. But absolutely, our net worth really was the only thing that didn't mesh. We had the ambition. We had the drive. We had the desire to continue learning and to get better. He just was there already.
2: Well, I think that's worth talking about. It's my experience that many people live in a kind of comparison trap. Sure. That puts them outside of, of the help that they could get to, you know, make their dreams come true. Right. And so often the thought is, Oh, well, I'm not quite there yet. I'm not going to embarrass myself by asking about something I may not understand or don't quite get or haven't yet accomplished. And so I'll hang back and just watch until it's my turn to step up or until somebody maybe just points out something that, you know, that helps me. So, because that's common, I wanted to just find out if there's anything else you wanted to say about what you begin to experience about yourself amongst those other people.
0: I think the biggest thing was that I am worthy. I am worthy to be here. I belong in this ecology. And I kind of had to fight myself to get there, to get to that realization. It was an internal battle, you know, angel, devil, like, no, yes, no, yes. And it was a little exhausting at times because it was just like, okay, I could easily just step back and be like, okay, no, thank you. And that would have been the easiest route possible, right? But that's not what I deserve. And I needed Mm. to fight and tell myself, that's not what you deserve. Mm. You belong here. You deserve to be here. You deserve to be the next Johnny billionaire or, or, or whatever that may be. in in that moment, in that ecology, in that room, it took all day for me to get there. Cause I'm sitting in the back, just like, <laughs> Oh, you have got to be kidding me. And I was sitting next to a doctor who was a friend of Kirkland. And it was just like this guy, a doctor took time out of his day to come and sit here and listen to what was being offered. It was just, it was really powerful to be in that room.
2: Mm. One of the things that I, can hear that you were dealing with and many, many of our customers and clients deal with is the notion of value, you know, your value in comparison to to other people, your value in comparison to where you were 10 years ago or where you are now. So I want to say something about that because I can hear it in your journey and and it might be useful to, to call out a bit. I was on a call last night and there was a guy who was working on his business, And his business is, he's an electrician. And as an electrician, he is often bidding jobs and people are competing on price for the jobs. So it makes him a bit of a commodity. You know, it makes him like everybody else. So he's looking for a way to elevate his value or expand the way he's perceived to be valuable in the market. So he's going to go out and try to specialize, or maybe he'll look for a very specific customer. Maybe it's a more elite customer, or maybe there's a particular solution that's rather rare and uncommon, whatever it may be. But we were working with him to attempt to increase his value and lower his cost. And much of what happens in in a program about transactional competence is working with people to increase their value in the minds of others. Now, obviously you've increased your value and have been compensated for it, right? which is ultimately what we right. hope happens yeah. up in the training. So can you speak for yourself about your own journey in either realizing your own value or making your valuable known by other people? and what did you go through or how did you make yourself more valuable
0: and i think it's still a struggle to this day especially more of so course. with this promotion it's kind of like okay well i got the job i have the title i got the money that goes along with it oh gosh i got to perform still at a very high level and and show and prove my value and what's interesting is because I still struggle with this kind of on a daily basis, I look back at my history and it's like, where did this stem from? How did it, how did it start? Why am I so self-deprecating sometimes? I don't understand why, because I, and I even went back on my journey, every single job that I've had from my very first retail job as a cashier at Target, every single job I've been promoted, every single job. I started as a cashier and then got promoted to the sales floor, you know, started as a, on the radio, I was an intern, then got promoted to then on air co-host and then got promoted to the marketing and promotions director. Every single job that I've held, I've been promoted. So lots of other people have seen my value and have rewarded me for it. Why can't I see it enough to accept it and show it and do it and be it? Why? And I guess I'm still struggling with that answer a bit. I really am. I think I'm in a definitely in a better place than I was even six months ago, and I think the promotion helped. And and going through having two different companies fight over me for a job definitely helped because it was it was just wow. I, I've never been in this position before where I have felt valued, where it's mm-hmm. really kind of hit me in the face like, no, you're valuable. These people want you. They don't want somebody like you. They want you. So, but it's still something that I struggle with because it's like, okay, I could have a, a bad day where somebody says, no, I can't give you this money right now. And I'm like, oh crap, I failed. It's nothing, sure. it's nothing like that. I have to kind of, it's, it's work on my end to really get past that. But I can tell you the moment when you start believing in your value and what you bring to the table is, is life changing, is knowing that you belong there, knowing that I deserve to be here in this job and do what I do and that I am the best person to do it. The moment that you really feel it and believe it, I just got goosebumps because I'm saying it to myself. I'm saying it to you, but I'm also saying it to myself and I'm believing it. It's absolutely incredible. And the things that you can do with it, you know, the chains are off. The chains are off and just yeah. got to go do it.
2: I'm thinking, how old is she? I was just wondering how, do you mind me asking? No, not at all. We can cut it out yeah, you... no, I'm
0: 32.
2: 32. Okay. Very good. And I only ask because um everybody in their Own journey has the question you just posed, or the wondering. Everybody. I don't know anybody that doesn't. Uh, You know, and I've trained tens and tens of thousands of people. And fundamental to all people is some question of value in comparison to other people, or you know, in this job, in this role, in this situation. And we live, at least in the United States and, you know, a lot of other Western countries, we live in a more democratic, capitalistic kind of society where value earns dollar, you know, or value earns inclusion or value earns whatever, fill in the blank and no value doesn't. And so unfortunately, and I think this is worth talking about because it's, you know, you're you're not the first person on, you're not the first person on the planet to wake up and say, you know, I wonder if I'm valuable in a sea of 7.5 billion people all competing for value, right? So there is something to be responsible for about the just sort of everyday indifference in the marketplace to you and your value and your aims. So what I've observed you do successfully is to produce value and to have your value be known. And I want to move to that just a little bit because, you know, you did some things here and there in the program to demonstrate to others the value of your help, right? And is there anything that you would say to others about what that demonstration of value looks like in your mind, in your view?
0: One, you're not alone. (laughs) Like you said, I'm not the first person, nor will I ever be the last person to feel the way I felt. But for me, it was just knowing that probably somebody else is in that position uh, as I am. So what I would want, I wanted to give to help in any way, shape or form.
2: That's really great. I know a lot of people that their value is in uh, helping other people see their value. And when you're really valuable at helping other people see their value, then they they kind of lift you up, right? In a way that's fantastic. It's kind of like you're on their shoulders and so forth and so on.
0: People ask me, or or I always say, you know, what's your favorite holiday? And for me, it it might sound, you know, kind of selfish in the moment, but my favorite holiday is my birthday. And the reason for this is all the other holidays, Christmases, Valentine's Day, Thanksgiving, you give things away to other people. And that, I love that. I love giving things to people and watching them as they open their presents or watching them enjoy a good meal that I've cooked all day for that I love that my favorite thing in the world i could care less about getting things on christmas or valentine's day or whatever it may be could care less but the reason my birthday is the favorite because it is just this one day where it's okay to be a little selfish it's <laughs> it's just it's okay oh it's your birthday yeah 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 you can totally ask for anything and everything that you want but it <laughs> it's kind of how I related a little bit. It's just, it's okay. Oh, no, it's okay to believe in myself. It's okay to know that I am valuable in this marketplace. And so that's kind of how I correlated it where it, it, it's almost like my birthday every day now where no, mm-hmm. I come to work. I am valuable. I can do this. I got this. That's really great. Yeah.
2: All right. So now if we go back to the very beginning of your journey, yeah. so it wasn't that long it ago, how long ago, how long ago? A year?
0: Probably a year now. Yeah.
2: So describe your life a year ago. Oh gosh. Or your or your mind. My, or your thoughts.
0: I I was st- of course still a hard worker, but I just I didn't have any ambition behind it. I had no path that I knew I wanted to go down. Like I I enjoy what I do and I enjoy the food bank world. So I was like, okay, I could probably see myself here long term, but again, no direct path. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I was just going into work every day and figuring it out. And and it was working to an extent, but then when you bring in the conditions of life and you put them right in front of my face and you're like, "Okay, where are you here here and here?" and I'm like, "All right, I think we need to take a step back and rethink some things because life on the surface is good, but below, holy cow, I'm in debt. I'm overweight. I'm unhealthy. I just had a trip to the ER. Like it was just all these things compiled in one. And I'm here thinking, well, that's, that's life. That's just what happens. Okay. No, (laughs) there needed to be some changes. And February, yeah, February was my FOT start date. So going through that and being on that call. And basically you guys telling us that you're going to have breakdowns like that. It's coming. It's going to happen. And being like, okay, well, we'll see. And then a couple weeks later, Oh, okay. This is a a breakdown. Let's, let's take this one for a ride and see what happens. So yeah, I I am a completely different person than I was a year ago. And Mm -hmm. when I, now when I think of myself and look at myself, I'm smiling because I'm in a much better position, not just financially or health wise, just my overall belief in life and family and spirituality. And just it's, it kind of came full circle and and I'm still working on it. I hope everyone who has been through FOT is still working on it because it's not a one and done thing. It's an every day you work on it every single day thing, but definitely the, the biggest transformation that I've ever had in my life in this past year
2: should be proud of yourself. You.
0: I am. I, I very much am.
2: Absolutely. In your view, what what would you say to someone who's kind of thinking, mm-hmm. oh, I might do this or I might not. I don't know." What, what would you say to somebody who's considering fundamentals of transaction program? Well,
0: the fact that I think you're even thinking about it and it's in your mind means that you need something, and and this is it. Something is going on in your life where you're like, oh, I could probably improve a little bit on this. I can probably improve a little bit on this. And John, I know, you know, my whole my money story, my yeah, right. Story where I was first approached about influence ecology and my client manager said, oh, well, you're going to end up making more money out of this. And I go, I can't, I work in a nonprofit where I have a set salary. There's no bonuses. There's no commission. There's not, that's not going to happen. So I don't really see you telling me that I'm gonna make more money by going through this program? That's not a sales point to me. That doesn't work for me because I can't. Well, he loves to throw it in my face now <laughs> daily <laughs> that uh, that I you know doubled my income. But so much more came out of that. It was, again, so much more, not just the weight loss and the reinvigoration of my spirituality and my health and and, and just all of these factors. But it was something that I needed that I knew I needed but didn't want to admit that I needed. Yep. And so I think the fact that if you're somebody out there that is even considering this, if you're watching this podcast or if you've watched any podcast, you're already kind of in. You already know that you need something. Otherwise, this wouldn't even be a drop in your bucket. Just do it. And you'll find your path, whether it is making more money or it is a healthier lifestyle or it is a reconnection to spirituality, higher education, whatever it may be. This program offers that. It is uniquely designed where 50 different people can take the course, 50 different personalities, 50 different people that are in different places in their life can take the course, the same course, but get something different out of it for each of them. And -hmm. I think that is nothing else like that out there.
1: If you'd like to know more about influence ecology and our approach, you can register for free 30 day guest access. During this time, you can test drive our interactive webinars, online learning system and private mentorship. Program participation is by application only and successful participants earn candidacy into our advanced program tiers. Our members are an international assembly of ambitious professionals, business leaders, and executives from a variety of countries, industries, and cultures. To find out more, you can find a link in the show notes for this podcast at influenceecology.com forward slash podcast. That's influenceecology.com forward slash podcast. Or in the U.S. or Canada, you can text the word ambition to 805-262-9008 and we'll send the registration link right to your mobile phone. Again, text the word ambition to 805-262-9008. Also in our show notes, you'll find all the links to websites, books, or special downloads mentioned in this podcast.
2: One of the things that you've mentioned a few times throughout the podcast is the sense that you're still working on things. Yeah. You're still addressing, as most people are, the maintenance of their health yeah. or the continued expansion of their health or the continued expansion of their value, their continued development of their ability to produce the kind of income they need to live the life they want. The continued, So all of that. And it's it's a whole world of of rigor of discipline of maintenance and many people struggle with just that. You know, the the rigor, the the maintenance, the the kind of environment required to move themselves along. Yeah. And many people have said, look, I know that I could do all this myself. I could do all these things myself. I could go read about these things myself. I could go study these things myself. But you guys kind of brought it all together. I learned a lot and I practiced a lot. And thank goodness for the environment, because it really did produce some accountability for me showing up, doing what I said, taking the actions I know would make a difference and moving closer and closer to my aims. Any comment on all that?
0: So I, I still struggle with that whole practice, putting it into practice. And the biggest thing I struggle with is scheduling because it's something that I did during FOT that I loved, right? Scheduling every every little thing goes in my calendar because it's accountability, right? It's intent and then commitment. So I intend to do it because it's in my calendar. Now it's in my calendar. Well, I need to commit to it because that's just what I do. So that's one thing that I, I definitely still struggle with on a daily basis of – For the most part, it's all in my calendar, but then, so now I need to continue with my commitment to it and it's reading, it's studying, it's going back through my modules and just really taking it reading it again through a different lens because like i said i'm a different person than a year ago so reading it again now in my current state is i think is very important and valuable
1: Mm.
0: so definitely something that i still struggle with but but still ambitious about knowing that it is important and a very important tool to you know get that done
2: all right well First of all, thank you for all of that of beautifully said. And obviously a performer, you <laughs> know, your ability <laughs> to tell stories and construct narratives is evidenced in the way that you speak. So thank you for that. Thank you. I want to turn our attention to what you do for a moment. Yeah. So, you know, you have a a way to talk to people through this podcast. What do you want to say about food chair and what you're asking for or what where do you need help yeah. or, oh. kind of, you know, anything you want to say, you have a platform. Yeah. I just want to give you an opportunity to say. Thank anything.
0: you. Sage. I, I do. I do love it a little bit. So future we've been in business and for 41 years and I think the unfortunate yet incredible thing is that not a lot of nonprofits can last for 41 years, but it's also unfortunate that we've ha- the need has been around for, I mean, longer than 41 years, but here in Ventura County. And we started 41 years ago. We would literally, volunteers would follow the tractors in the fields. They'd follow behind them and just pick the excess crops that were in the fields and then go deliver them to, you know, the homeless under a bridge or they'd go door to door delivering food. And that very first year, we rescued and donated out 84,000 pounds of food, 84,000 pounds. Currently, we are distributing 13.2 million pounds of food a year. We do more in 48 hours than we did in that one year when we first started. And Mm. I like to say the incredible thing is that we distribute 13.2 million pounds of food but the unfortunate thing is that we distribute 13.2 million pounds of food. And if you think about it, John, I know you but you live here in Ventura County. It is a very just a rich, and I'm not I'm not talking about bank account necessarily, just a rich, rich community and county that we live in. We're 10 minutes from the beach, no matter where you drive from, just gorgeous mountains, beautiful weather. You can't really beat it whatsoever. Yet we have this need. Why? What is going on? And that's why I love to do what I do. I love to serve this community because it is such a basic need. Nobody should go hungry whatsoever. So my job as the chief development officer is to bring in the funding to make our business sustainable. We need $3.7 million to every year to do what we do. And that's just to get the food out the door. $3.7 $3.7 million. And I have an amazing staff of 30 people, 30 people. We are lean and mean to get this done. I always say we can use three things. We can use your dollars, we can use your hours, and we can use your cans. You can do one or you can do a combination of all three and I'll take you out to coffee if you do. <laughs> so we just, we have such a need. We serve more people in Ventura County than any other nonprofit. And I'm really proud to do what I do. So whether you're from Ventura County, or you live in a different community, state, whatever. Go check out that local food bank because they are doing amazing work. I promise you. Do
2: you have a favorite story of the impact of what you do? I do,
0: and I'm going to really try hard to get through this without breaking down because, as a mother, as a human, this is is pretty hard. But um, so we aren't a uh, we aren't a pantry, meaning that you can't actually come in here and, and get food. We distribute our food to other pantries. But sometimes people do find us because they see food banks, so they assume food. So they will come in and ask for food. And we, of course, never send them away. We we give them food. So a family came in and asking for food. And as I'm going to go to the back to get them, you know, the food that they need at least to hold them over for a couple days until they can go to a pantry they had this little girl with them. She was about 10 years old. Her name was Maria. And she was kind of looking around when she got in and she was just, she just seemed really curious. And she was really nice. She said, Oh, hello. And I was like, well, hi, Maria. She said, are you going to go get us food? I go, yeah, I'm going to go get you some food. She goes, Oh man, where is it? I go, well, it's back in our warehouse. And she just had these big, beautiful brown eyes. I was like, do you want to go see? And I kind of looked at her mom for approval. And her mom said, yes. And I was like, okay, well, let's go. Come help me get your food. So she follows me back into the warehouse and I'm kind of, I get a cart and I'm starting to put some bread and some cans and some other stuff on the cart. And we walk by this bin full of apples. We had just gotten a shipment of apples in. And she stops dead in her tracks in front of this bin of apples. And her big brown eyes are just bulging. They are so big. And I was like, Oh, you like apples? She goes, They're my favorite. And I was like, I picked one up from her. I was like, Oh, well, here you go have one. And she all of a sudden gets really nervous. She goes, no, 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 I can't, I can't have that. I go, sweetie, that's what it's here for. Please take this apple. And she looks at me and she goes, But it's not my turn to eat today. And I I had this moment of like, cause her brother it's a family of four. Her brother was inside waiting with the parents. And I, and I said, please, just take this apple, please. So she, she reluctantly grabbed the apple and started to eat it. And you bet I grabbed three bagfuls of apples and I put them on that cart. But that was the first time I had really been hit hard with what we do and why we do what we do because there are families out there that choose which child or which adult gets to eat that day because they're rationing their food. I can't imagine as a mother having to tell my daughter, nope, not your turn today. Mm -hmm. And that is why I wake up every single day and happily come into work.
2: Jennifer Caldwell, (laughs) thank you so much for what you do. It's a pleasure. Thank you. My special thanks to our guest, Jennifer Caldwell. In our show notes, you'll find links to connect with her and links to all the websites, books, or downloads mentioned in this podcast. The Influence Ecology podcast is produced by Influence Ecology LLC in Ventura, California. This episode was recorded February 6th, 2020, and was produced by Tyson Crandall and me, John Patterson. You can find a transcript for this and other episodes at influenceecology.com. This episode is made possible through the assistance of the Influence Ecology faculty, staff, mentors, and students around the world. Co-founder Kirkland Tibbles and our colleagues comprise an international collective of professionals who are active in the development of the philosophy of transactionalism and the discipline of transactional competence. Kirkland is considered a leading philosopher and authority in the field and has authored more than 500 papers on the subject, study, and discipline. The podcast theme is by Chris Standring, entitled Fast Trained Everywhere. You can subscribe to the Influence Ecology podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or via email at podcast@influenceecology.com. If you haven't yet offered a rating or review, I ask that you take a moment, go to iTunes or your podcast app, and let us know what you think. This helps us more than you know.